So after two years of seemingly constant change, how, how are we all doing, right? Jesus, you do change everything. And um, I, I'm excited to be back with you this week after being gone. Last week, I want to say thank you to Matt Randalls, who's he's playing guitar this morning, uh, who preached last week. And he allowed our family to escape for Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. And this is something new to us because uh, it's kind of like a belated Christmas getaway. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but pastors are kind of busy over Christmas. And so that always, that always means that my family stays home for the, stays home for the holidays. Uh, so we wanted to, to get away. And we went to Whistler, which was awesome. And I need to, uh, before, before I say anything else, I need to invite the kids back to Children's Ministry with Pastor Angela, where you're going to talk about Canada and all the many wonderful things there. Uh, but it, yeah, we love Whistler, winter, summer, uh, but crossing the border right now is kind of an adventure. And I wondered, like, is, is the reason why we had such a good time is because we had such low expectations? I know that sounds terrible. But for, for the longest time, we are like, I don't even know if we're going to get to go. We didn't get our, our like, test results back to cross the border until we were on the way. So that's like how close, so, eh, I don't know, what's going to happen? And you know, having a really good time. So thank you, Matt, for allowing to spring us to be able to do that. And we're in the midst of a series called Restart. And as we begin 2022, it feels like we're restarting in so many different areas of our life. Amen? I mean, it just is the way it is right now. And uh, it, it maybe a more accurate description is it's a lot of stopping and starting as we all learn to do life with COVID-19. And so how does that apply to our faith? How does that apply to our church community? That's what we want to talk about this morning. And Angela uh, kind of started this all off a few weeks ago, talking about hearing the Word of God and doing the Word of God and how important that is. I spoke the next week on, you know, the actual like, well, okay, so how do we hear God's Word in our life? How do we put that into action? Last week, Matt spoke about the four friends who cut a hole in the roof of a home where Jesus was speaking, kind of extreme, yes, but really that message was about the hope uh, for healing that we can find in forgiveness with Jesus, and man, what would you do to be connected to that in your life? Uh, next week, we're looking forward to Phil Manili. He's going to bring a message to us from Hebrews chapter 5, and so that leaves us today. And I want to talk about what season we're in. And I know you're like, Dan, it is winter season. And I'm, I'm going to say yes. And it's more than just winter outside. Okay, it's kind of a metaphor for all of our lives, it feels like right now. And as you know, we're hosting our annual meeting following this and budget vote. And there's lots of important stuff at that meeting that's going to relate to the direction of our church and kind of where we are right now, where we think we're headed, uh, especially supporting building updates that are uh, looming or in need and in the works. And so we want everybody to just be aware of that and informed on what's happening. And I often am thinking about what happens next in the life of our church family. And that has been a very elusive question. It's been a very frustrating question to answer because it's been inevitable for the last two years that whatever we plan, whatever we think is going to happen next, um, all ends up getting scuttled. Uh, it usually becomes unfeasible in like the two weeks right before we kick everything off. 
And so there's been lots of head scratching uh, among staff and among leaders here in our church. I'm sure you can relate. That's, that's happening everywhere in our, in our work lives, in our home lives. Uh, and I talked to lots of other church leaders who say the same thing. And so it's led me to believe, and I know that this is, I'm no rocket scientist here, but we're definitely just in a new era of church ministry. We're, we just are. The things that used to work and the way they used to work don't work that way anymore, and we're still trying to figure out what happens next. And so whether this is just life in the blip or the new normal, no one knows, but it's normal right now. So I sat down this Thursday, you know, fresh off my great trip to Whistler, and I knew that this was going to be a, a, a bit of a challenge because I had one day to focus on my message and to write it. And so I was really, really hoping that I would get this beautiful, like, straightforward biblical passage to preach on. And over the pandemic years, we've kind of synced our children's ministry, our, our, our youth ministry, and our adult ministry curriculum. So we're all kind of saying and teaching on the same thing. And so, you know, I sat down to read this passage and wouldn't you know it, I mean, it was just all over the place. It was like the cornucopia of Jesus' actions. I mean, there's Jesus teaching on prayer. There's Jesus driving out demons, being accused of being in league with the devil. There's this point in this chapter where a woman shouts at Jesus from the crowd, and she says, Blessed is the womb that bore you, the breasts at which you nursed. And Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That was random. And then it went on, and it's like Jesus is teaching you about light and darkness. Jesus is arguing with Pharisees and the lawyers. It was like everything possible that Jesus could ever have done in the kitchen sink in one chapter. And so I'm like, oh. I walk from my home office back to where my wife has her office, and I'm like, all I wanted was just a little assist. They're like, one idea that I could preach on. And instead, I get a chapter that's just like, there's no cohesive idea. It's just all over the place. So frustrating. And then she says this. She says, well, that's pretty much how everyone feels about life right now, isn't it? I was like, dang it, I hate it when you're right. <laughs> it's just herky-jerky. It's start, it's stop, it's restart. That is how life feels right now. And so I you know, felt inspired. I walked back to my office and I thought, yeah, that's what I need to talk about. And so I sat down in front of my computer and I looked at the biblical passage again and I had this lightning bolt of recognition. I read the wrong passage. <laughs> Too late. Ship already sailed. So this morning, we're going to talk about how life feels to you and me right now. This herky-jerky, this start and stop and restart all over again. And where is God in the midst of all of this? What possibly could God be up to? And so I've been wrestling with that question as it relates to our church, you know, like I said, for a really long time. And right now, I feel super encouraged about where we are as a church body, especially versus a year ago. And I know so many of us are having the COVID-19 experience right now, and I'm excited to see some of you back from that experience. And I know that some of you are at home right now suffering through that experience. Uh, my family was lucky to have that experience a year ago. And man, I don't ever want to go through that again, right? And I'm really happy that, um, you know, I spent like the month of it was almost exactly a year to the day that this started for us. And from like right now 
until a month from now, I didn't leave my house because I was like the last person standing, you know, hiding, quarantining in my own room, hoping that I wouldn't catch it. And so, you know, one by one, we all caught it. And, and that was just a tumultuous time, period, for all of us. But in the life of our church last year, we were downsizing staff. We were, we were having this meeting that we're having. I mean, there was just all sorts of stuff that was up in the air. By, by the end of February, we we're, we're talking about, okay, we've got to start meeting in person again, and what is that going to look like? I am so happy to be where we are right now. And even though, you know, for some of us, it's worse right now. And I fully acknowledge and recognize that. But God is with us. He's brought us to a very good place. I'm so grateful for it. And I say all of that knowing that we're not out of the woods. But maybe we're just in different woods Maybe this is a new season in our life, a new era, a new, a new territory. Uncertainty is going to be our constant companion, but God hasn't abandoned us. He's still with us, and we can follow him, we can hear him, we can do what he asks and says, and this is how our life is right now. We can learn to live by faith. And so in three different meetings that I've had over just like the last two weeks. And these are with pastors. So we're all on Zoom. We're all checking in on different things, different groups that I'm involved in. One group of pastors was from King County. The other group of pastors was mostly West Coast. The third group of pastors was people all over the country. And there's two things that I've noticed people saying over and over recently, and, and this goes back like the whole last year. The first is, there is no universal experience of the pandemic. And in, within regions, like if you talk to someone from the Midwest, if you talk to someone from Southern California, if you talk to someone in Oregon, or even just another county in Washington, it's all different. Like, you know, mass vaccines, the economy, good or bad, um, you know, it just all of that is different. And it's, it's highly localized, it's different regional things. Um, that's been amazing to me. There's no, like, overarching experience. And uh, it's surprising, then, that in spite of all these differences, how similar church leaders feel about leading their church. And when you, and you look at them, you're like, what's going on? And this is, this is usually what they say. They're like, I have no idea. Like, I, I wasn't equipped, I wasn't trained, I wasn't, I don't know what to do next. We're just stumbling around, in the, we're trying to figure this out. No one's got an answer, and, and, and the, the last summer we had some great momentum, and then Delta hit, and the fall was like a desert. And then, you know, November, we started to get some momentum again, we started to get, you know, people meeting in person, we all kind of were less cautious and starting to figure this out through Christmas, and then, wham, Omicron hit. And so now here we are in January, and we're just going, man, I don't know, we had all these plans for the winter, and all of that just went down the tubes. I don't know how to do this. And there's a realization that's taking shape within church ministries that our emphasis on programs, our emphasis on groups for all ages and stages, you know, where we've got this menu of activities and small groups for everyone, that that is just not possible in this environment. It's start, stop, restart, over and over again. So what do we do? 
What do you do when people are hesitant to be in person? What do we do when people don't want to be online? We keep trying, yes. But how do you do children's ministry? How do you do youth ministry? How do you do adults? How do you do small groups? And so I'm going to share with you the answer this morning. No, I'm not going to. It has to do with what season we're in. And when I, when I say season, I'm, you know, naturally, uh, it, I'm talking metaphorically here. Um, but we're in, the, we're in the winter season. We're in the desert season. I'm talking about even in our, in our lives in general, in our spiritual lives. And when you're in a season like that, when it's dry, you put down roots. Or you shrivel up and die. And we don't want to do that. Jesus has done too much for us to just shrivel up and let our souls die. No, this is a time when we put down roots. It's not a fruit-growing season. It's a root-growing season. And in that season, we learn to abide. So one of my favorite teachings of all from Jesus is from John 15. I want to read that from you. We'll put it up on the screen also. And so here's Jesus talking to his disciples, and he says this, John 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. By the way, that always seems random, but the word prune and clean are the same in Greek. So he's drawing a connection there. Remain in me, Jesus says, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's this amazing image that Jesus shares about really our, our covenant relationship with God. It, it, it's, it's talking about um, depending on the Holy Spirit. That's kind of what Jesus, if you, if you read beyond this, he's addressing. So how do you do that? How do you depend on the Holy Spirit? How do you do this relationship with God? Well, Jesus says, you remain in me. It's meno. It means abide. It means dwell. It means live. Jesus, you could say, live in me as I also live in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain, abide, live, dwell in the vine. And this is such a powerful image of oneness with God. We can learn how to cultivate this kind of relationship, this kind of connectedness with the God who created us. Who's the vine? It's Jesus. Who's the gardener? It's the Father. Um, what happens when we abide and stay connected to the vine? We'll grow. We'll bear fruit. Fruit is the second word I want you to take notice of in this passage. What does that mean? Uh, one way to think of it in terms of the Bible is that fruit has, it's like the fruits of the Spirit. You may have heard of those. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Oh man, I'm running out of Gentleness, self-control. You know, it's kind of talking about our own, you know, character traits and who God 
you know, is transforming us to be when we are in Jesus. But another way that we could look at this is in terms of like the fruitfulness of our, of our life, the fruitfulness of the whole orchard or vineyard, like it's kingdom of God terms here because Jesus, when he says, you know, you here in this passage, he's, it's not an individual you. It's a plural you. He's talking to all of his disciples. You all remain in me. So when we think in these terms, um, you know, it's, you know, we as a church are abiding in Jesus and the result is kingdom fruit growing. So we all love harvesting. We all love the fall, the time when, when we, you know, gather whatever it is in our garden or whatever it is on our fruit trees that grow. I mean, what a sweet and wonderful time, right? Is that the season that we're in right now, if you think about the church? No. We are not in the harvest season. And so then Jesus moves on to the third word that I want you to notice. What happens after we grow and bear fruit? We get pruned. Really like this passage until we get to that, right? Pruning. Pruning always happens after the fruit growing, after the harvest. And who does the pruning? It's the Father who does the pruning. But who likes getting pruned? If, if I look at all that's happened in my life over the last two, three years, man, I could say the last five years, it's been a lot of pruning. If I look at the life of our church in the last couple years. Um, there's a lot of pruning and being pruned. It's uncomfortable. But the Father is very purposeful in who and what he, what he prunes. It's not random. God is very much in charge. And so it's really weird to think of God pruning off in us things that don't bear fruit. But he does it so that we can abide with him in a deeper and more powerful way. You know, the first home that Corey and I owned in the state of Washington, um, it had this huge apple tree in the backyard. And I mean, like in the middle of the backyard, and it was an old tree, like before the houses were there, it used to be an orchard, so I don't know how old this, it was like, you know, this big around. And it was small enough, because it was open in the middle, that my kids could, you know, climb up the tree, and, and you know, that was like the, fort, the place where the fort was, and the tree grew all around it. Super cool. And uh, when we got there, no one had pruned this apple tree for years and years. So, the, you know, the, the, the fruit was all like way above our heads. But you could tell that for a long time, this tree had been pruned down to where all the big thick branches are. And so I set about trying to figure out how to prune. It needed a haircut big time. And I'd never done this before, so, you know, I watched lots of YouTubes, I, I got books at the library, I even signed up for a class at, like, one of the local nurseries, because I was going to learn how to prune this apple tree. And uh, so I set about starting to cut off branches, and that's nerve-wracking. You know, like, was I doing the right thing here? Especially when you start to see the pile of branches underneath the tree. But you keep cutting and cutting and pruning and pruning. And man, does it start to look different. And man, there are sure a lot of branches. I really worried that I was going to kill that tree because I cut off so many branches. But you know what happens, don't you? 
like explosive growth in the spring. I mean, there were so many blossoms on that tree, you couldn't even see leaves. There was so much fruit that, you know, I had another friend who came by, he's like, you have to pull fruit off the branches because they're going to break. There's so much fruit. That's what happens after, we be, after, after pruning. So it's interesting to think about in our relationship with God, how, um, you know, what needs to be pruned in your life right now? In our life with God, you think about this devotionally, like, okay, Lord, is there a branch that's currently getting cut off? I mean, yeah, we can, yes, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it, but God's in charge. God's in control. God has a plan for us. Even though we're in this very uncomfortable season. And it's interesting to think, like, you know, there are some branches in our lives, in, in our churches, in, in the, you know, movement of, of the kingdom everywhere that look like they're really great branches. They, they grow really fast, but there's no fruit. And so God cuts those off because they're just sucking energy away from the, the rest of the fruit-bearing plant. I think that's what's happening right now in the life of our church and in our churches. And it's hard. It's difficult but the Father's in charge. And so when you find yourself in this kind of season, as a follower of Jesus, what do, what do you do? We abide. Because apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And so now, in the life of our church, in, the, in, the, in our own individual lives with Jesus, uh, it's not the time for fruit work. It's the time for root work. We're going to drink up as much of God's Spirit as we possibly can. We're going to be pruned and like it because we all know that a season of growth is coming. A season of growth is coming for all of us. And so over the last few months, man, I've had a lot of time to observe and reflect upon all of this. You know, what, what's God doing among us and the churches here? And I haven't arrived at any hard conclusions. But I do think there's a little change of course correction that's been long overdue. And we as churches in the United States have done really well at being corporate church. We're really good at pastor as CEO, board as board of directors. And, and I'm sure that that's, you know, it, that has some positive things. But we need to take a, a walk that back a little bit, back towards um, we're a group of disciples. That's who the church is. And I don't know that we're very good at discipleship, but we need to learn. And, um, you know, when I think about what, who could our church be, what, is, what do we become, um, I get excited about this. Because we've gotten really good at sharing information, we've gotten really good at teaching, but the point has never been to know stuff about God. It's been to know God. That's why we're here. That's what we want. For us as individuals, yes. But also as a community, because we need one another. Because I'm going to go through seasons where I'm pruned, and God and I are not real tight. But one of my brothers and sisters in Christ 
is, is going to be in a season of growth and fruit bearing. And, you know, I can learn to live on them and be encouraged by them. That's why we need one another. That's why we're not going to give up on the in-person thing. That's, that's why we want to be connected to each other and connected to God. And so my hope over the next year is as we kind of figure this out or the next couple of years, however long this season lasts, that that's, that's where we're going to focus our energy and our time. And God is going to do good things. Amen? Please join me in prayer. Lord, we are... Um, I don't know how we are. Some of us are... Um, struggling, I know. Others of us are, you know, kind of feeling average, normal, whatever the word is. Others of us, Lord, are just in a really good place. And so wherever we might be today, we just want to celebrate that you are with us, that you are in charge and in control, that you are guiding and leading us, Lord. And even as uncertain or potentially scary as that might be, Lord, we can learn to live by faith. We can count on you. You will carry us. You will sustain us. We can sink our roots, Lord, deep down into your spirit and allow that to encourage and mold and transform us, Lord, for the next season of growth, whatever that might bring. And so we pray for this as individuals and also for us as a church, we worship you, Lord. Your name, amen.